To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So on today's episode, I have on Brad Marchand. So Brad is the left wing for the Boston Bruins in hockey. So um, Brad is an absolute mental giant. Uh, to be able to get to a professional level in such a competitive sport like hockey and then to be uh, you know, one of the top players, the elite amongst elite, uh, just made for a really fun conversation. The guy absolutely loves Western hunting, uh, absolutely loves the adventure of it. And then, um, you know, there's so many correlations between his hockey career and between hunting and, and between life, really. And so we just had this great in-depth conversation. So like everybody that I have on the podcast, we're uh, instant best friends, but it, it made for a great episode. I really enjoyed it. I think you guys are going to enjoy it too. I want to thank my sponsors for today's show. I want to thank Cryptech. Uh, Cryptech is um, one of the ones that connected me with Brad Marchand. Uh, he uses their gear as well. Uh, but Cryptech, I used them all season last season for um, uh, all my hunts, and I'm just really impressed by the gear that they offer. They have everything from from hot weather hunting. Uh, I really like like their Sonoran line. They have pants, shirts uh, that are breathable, great during hot weather, all the way to their cold weather gear where I was hunting uh, the rut for mule deer in in bitter cold below zero feet of snow and it performed flawlessly so um yeah really great technical mountaineering gear camo pattern did great really blended in for me uh so i just couldn't be more excited about this relationship with cryptech if you're in the market for new gear this season make sure to check out what they offer i also want to thank vector custom arrows uh, so Vector Arrows offers an arrow platform that that builds these arrows for you, and they build the perfect dynamic spine to match your bow. Uh, they really do a lot of testing on these arrows, and I have a podcast coming up with them talking all about the perfect hunting arrow. But this year I'm using their ZMR, which is a, a brand new arrow that they have, which is the perfect mix between weight and hitting hard and penetration, uh, but also being in that mid-range weight to get good range forgiveness. Mine come in at about 450 grains with a 125 head. They also offer their HMR, uh, which is a heavier arrow, which is going to get great penetration on elk. It's going to quiet the setup, uh, better wind drift capabilities, and so just a great arrow as well. Their HMR, I really like their fletchings, their their helical on them. They have is really stabilizing my broadhead flight with fixed blades, and I'm just shooting tremendous groups with these things. Their arrow is actually, I've been building my own arrows for 20 years, and their arrow design that they've come up with is performing better than my arrow so it will be the arrow that i'm using this season so make sure to check them out uh, vector custom arrows again the zmr is the one i'm shooting which will be offered here in the next couple weeks so should be like the end of april they'll have those in and ready to ship so make sure to check those guys out i also want to thank matthews uh, Matthews is just building great bows um, man I'm so pumped on this year's v3x it, it's just 
I didn't think they could outdo last year's bow, and they just make small improvements. It's just super forgiving, no hand shock, really quiet, and uh, the thing is just putting in some groups for me. The thing is, uh, it's going to work for this season, let me just say that much, but uh, just a real forgiving setup, great shooting bow, they're durable, they really keep their tune. These Matthews, you know, I'll go back and shoot last year's bow when I'm setting up this year's bow, and, and the thing is still shooting absolute bullets. Holes. It just holds a tune throughout all the different weather conditions I face. Wet weather, snow, cold, heat. Uh, it just holds its tune really well for the mountains. And um, I've been using them now the last six seasons and just so impressed with what Matthews comes up with. And every year their research and develop team outdoes themselves. And this year they did it with that V3X. So if you're in the market for a new bow, make sure to go check out those Matthews. Okay, over Eastman's, we're keeping busy. We got some good projects in the works. I'm really excited about the season. In fact, we have a, a video meeting today where we're going to meet and kind of talk over uh, some of the hunts we're planning and some of the, the tags we think we'll draw, uh, lining up film guys, things like that. But we've got some great film projects in the works. Uh, we'll have some brand new Beyond the Grids hitting, which is our internet TV show. You can search that on YouTube, Eastman's Hunting TV, or search Beyond the Grid, and that'll pop up. Check us out on the Outdoor Channel, Eastman's hunting TV uh, set your DVR for that some different episodes that come out uh, separately than than from the beyond the grid the internet show so some great shows on there including um, I have some ones from last season as well had a high country hunt that turned out really good and um, yeah I can't wait to see some of these edits from the season uh, so make sure to check that out check out the magazines Eastman's bow hunting journal Eastman's hunting journal uh, you can put in the promo code ELEVATED321 and get a free Outdoor Edge knife with that, a replaceable blade knife. Uh, they're just great. They're an absolute game changer. And uh, the Outdoor Edge seems to be uh, like a little bit more durable uh, for like butchering elk and getting in joints and things of that nature. So just a great knife. The blade also holds its edge really well. And then they're replaceable blades, so pull it off and good to go. So you can receive that, uh, put in the promo code ELEVATED321. And um, we also have a promo code for Eastman's Tag Hub Internet Research Tool. Uh, put in Brian in the promo code there and save you, I think it's like 10% or 20%, something like that. So um, check that out. And... Um, Man, we're just going to keep cruising here. Um, got great episodes coming up for you guys and just going to hit it hard this summer uh, to, to, you know, to give you guys the best content to um, make you better Western hunters. You know, and that's um, all of us. We're all in the game of improvement and doing the best we can. And I'm also trying to level up and step up my game and can't wait for these hunts this season. So uh, training's going good on my side, getting in good runs and then. Man, I've got um, a lot of work through Barney Construction, and um, you know maybe I'll sit down and record a solo. But yeah, I got personal house going, but I'm just trying to manage everything and being um, really efficient and productive. Early mornings, late evenings, still getting in runs, still getting my stretching in, uh, my shootings off the hook this year. Like uh, that bow setup, I spent a lot of time with it, getting it dialed in. Finally, just got my my arrows, my final arrow build from Vector. So. Um, shooting those things so yeah I'm I'm ready for bear season kicks off here the 15th which is this Saturday which right now there's a a north wind about zero degrees and a foot of snow outside so a little early for bears but it'll melt off quick um, seems like spring's bipolar in the mountains but um, it'll come soon enough so all right guys let's get into this podcast it's a great one Brad Marchand uh, he is the left wing for the um, Boston Bruins 
just a heck of a guy, and uh, I, I really enjoyed the podcast. I'm your host, Brian Barney, Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. We did a, a, an episode for a show, and we went fly fishing, and I just butchered it. I think I did it one time years ago, my father-in-law, and... Uh, <laughs> Oh man, I just I did so bad. I think I caught one fish all day. I got almost got skunked. It was like the last minute of the of the day I caught one and luckily saved my butt. But uh, yeah, I got a lot of learning to do with that. Well, dude, it's like anything. It's like hunting, or I'm sure it's like hockey as well. Like it's um uh the more time you spend doing it, the better you get. But it's like this ever evolving. Uh, 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 knowledge that you gain from it and just um, uh, the more you pick up on the more you pay attention the more you care and the more you love it like the better you yeah. get at it and um, and two it's like off and on days like hunting uh, you really got to catch lightning in a bottle to be right in the elk party in the elk herd where they're all screaming and everything comes together but yeah. once you have that payoff like you're willing to um, walk through broken glass to see it again. Once you get into that epic elk party, you'll go hike for 10 days to go find it again. And eventually yeah. you run into it again. And it's uh, sure. real similar to like fly fishing in that too. Uh, it's such a great way to put it that, you know, when you, when you experience, you know, that, that thrill that you're chasing or whatever it is, but that, that first time you get it, you're willing to do anything to get back there. And that's what gets you addicted, right? It's like that, that rush, you're chasing that rush all the time because you know how much fun it is, how special it is. And um, so, yeah, I haven't had that yet with fly fishing, but I mean, the guys that I know that do it are, are addicted to it. And I know that I will be once I have more time to do it. But right now I just, I'm so limited with my time. I got to kind of pick and choose what, uh, what, what I kind of put my attention towards. And, and I found that with elk hunting. So that's where it all goes now. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't blame you a bit. It's um, it is it's busy, and uh, we have to put so much effort into our jobs. And I'm sure you, like a professional hockey player, like you've got to work tirelessly to improve your game and to be at the top of your game. And especially like right now, like with you guys in a a playoff run, it's it's just got to take so much of your energy. Yeah, it does. I mean, and, and you know that that's obviously with our job. I mean, there's such a short window um, that you have to, you know, to really dedicate your life uh, completely to this, but you know, your dad, you, you know what it's like to schedule at home. I have three kids. The the schedule at home is so busy as well that you really have to prioritize your time in, into certain things and it's family hockey. And then, you know, whatever I have left is going into hunting and, and, uh, so it, it's hard, but, uh, you know how it is. You, you find your time, you make it and, and, uh, you, you know, you enjoy every second of it. That's why you, you mark on your schedule, you know, nine, 10 months in advance when you're going to be out and, and you just look forward to that all year. It's almost what keeps you going. Oh, it is. Yeah. Uh, it absolutely is like having something to look forward to that, you know, you're going to go have fun on and, and it's so challenging, you know, physically and mentally and it's engaging. And it seems like when you're thinking about, bow hunting like when you're thinking about hunting or you're on an elk hunt uh it's almost like your 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 sole focus like you're so immersed in the task and trying to catch up to this bull and get into range that everything else seems to kind of fade away i'm sure the stresses of hockey and deals or uh the stresses of family just kind of melt away and and i think it's like such a great reset for us too it like makes me better at other facets of my life because i bow hunt 
Oh, it does. There's no question. I, I you know, that I think is what I've I've really learned to to use hunting for, especially out west, where um, it's you know I, I'm from Eastern Canada, um, and and being in Boston, you know we we don't have big mountains. We you know we're I'm stuck in the city, not stuck. I'm in the city all year. Uh, I love it when I'm here, but then when you go out west, like I I mostly hunt Colorado. I've hunted Utah a couple times, but um, you know. We, you're there. I have no cell phone reception where I hunt and you know, you're out there. There's no worries. It's just like the stress of the hockey and trying to perfect that craft. And then, you know, the family stresses, everything just, it, 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 it's crazy when you're out there, all you can focus on is, is being there in that moment. And the next step, you know, there could be a bull over that ridge or over the next one or whatever it is. And you're just looking up that, that mountain you're like man i just got i gotta climb this it's gonna take me all day but i'm gonna get through it and um so you know you're just so immersed in that moment that and that's what you know a lot of guys that i that i uh, am with all the time they don't know a whole lot about it and they always ask me like you know you're always kind of bailing before training camp to go away for a week and they don't really understand it but um you know, that's kind of where my escape is now and, and how I get rid of all the stress of life and just kind of relax finally. And uh, even during the season, um, I've got a couple hunting spots that are, you know, 10, 15 minutes away from our practice rink. I'll go before practice and deer hunts in the stand and or after practice. And it's just, you know, even if it's for an hour, um, it's a way to just kind of, cause it, it's really stressful during the season. There's a lot of pressure, especially on our team. Like we're expected to be really good every year and it's a good way for me to escape mentally from it all. So it's almost like a great little reset. Um, so yeah, no, it, it, I think it's, it's such a healthy, healthy way to, um, to live and, uh, and I love that my kids are getting into it now too. So it's a lot of fun. Man, that's really cool. Do you like being um, in all these high pressure situations, uh, uh, you know, just playing in the, the NHL or, or making this playoff run or big games? Uh, does does that dealing with that stress uh, in the moment, do you stay focused on the task and does that transpose to hunting, like trying to make a shot, like easy to sit here and talk about it. But when the moment of truth comes like buck fever's real and, and to uh, execute like under that immense amount of stress, like a, a giant bull bugling and trying to put a perfect arrow in them. A lot of guys crumble yeah. under that stress. Do you notice that that transposes over dealing in those high stress situations? Yeah, for sure it does. I, you know, I, I, so when I, I think the biggest thing is, is what you take away uh, and the more you do it, the more you learn is that it's all about your preparation. And, and, um, you know, I, I think early on, I, I learned how to deal with the pressure, uh, in hockey, um, you know, in the right way. And I learned to get comfortable in, in really uncomfortable situations, um, and and how to perform in those situations and I don't always but you know I feel like um I do a pretty good job at, at times um and it's just because it's the, re the repetitive uh practice that you do and and you just trust your instincts in those situations and you know I early on when I was learning how to bow hunt and especially out west you know because that's a different ball game um than, than hunting out he east here uh I remember my first elk hunt, I, you know, I, I tried to 
um, do a lot of research and I stumbled on a bowl at like 40 yards. And the one thing I, I never practiced was how to judge um, my ranges in, in the woods um, without, you know, kind of ranging an animal and, and where I hunt in, in Boston, my furthest shot is 30 yards. So everything's mapped out for my tree stands already. I already know all the ranges and all that. And uh, sure enough, I missed this bullet 40 yards. I thought it was a lot further away. And, um, you know, that was, that was a, a situation where I realized I needed to practice a lot more. And, um, and then the next two times I went back, uh, in, in archery season, I killed a bull first day, both times. And, um, so it, it's just, the more I, I prepared and practiced my range and shot longer distances than I've ever had to before. And, you know, instead of practice at 20, 30, I was trying to practice out to like a hundred. And, um, so, you know, those 50, 60, 70 yard shots were a lot easier. Um, and then, yeah, when, when you get out there, um, obviously, you know, you've been in plenty of situations where you're just comfortable when those, when the animal comes in, you know, you know, that everything you've done is, is, you trust it and, and you just kind of make it happen. So, uh, it took me a little bit to learn that. Um, and I still have a lot to learn from hunting out West, but, uh, it, it's something that I love doing and I'm, I'm going to keep, keep working at it. Me too. I think that's part of the fun of it is the growth. Like you never stop learning, you never stop improving, but you said like a couple things that, uh, that really hit home with me is that you fall back to your training, you know, and, and, and it seems like if you put in the work and you put in the training, like the skill set will be there. And then, um, you also said that you trust your instincts. And so I would like think, like like out on the ice it's it's not second guessing your decisions it's reacting and it's it's t trusting those instincts in the same thing like when you're stalking a bull or a mule deer or whatever it is there's a hundred right decisions you have to make to to have it all come together but you just react and and when those situation ar arises like you trust your instincts you trust your gut your first thought is the move you make you know can i close in with this wind yeah it's in my face or yeah, it's quartering. I can move in or how quiet, how slow do I have to move? Is that elk going to see me moving through these branches or through these trees? Uh, like, like so important. Um, all of that that you said is like putting in the training time, putting in the work to build those skill sets, trusting your instincts. And then I think the only reason that, that any of us are good at anything, like at least for me, for Western hunting, the only reason I think I'm good at it is because I've made every mistake out there. And once you make yeah. a mistake, like it cuts you deep, it hurts. Like it sucks yeah. to fail, you know, and I, I don't like it one bit. And especially when I put a bunch of work and time and effort in, but when it cuts me that deep, I, I'm like forced to learn from it and improve and get better. And the next time I get in those circumstances, you know, those instincts are going to kick in and I don't have to remember that exact situation where I screwed up, but it's almost then like, like downloaded into my hard drive to where now my instincts are better. Uh, do you For find sure. that too, that you learn from yeah. your mistakes? hundred percent. And, and I think, you know, somebody asked me one time, um, you know, do you hate to lose more than you love to win? And it, it's, it's, it kind of makes you think. And, you know, when you look back on some of your experiences where you lost, where you missed, or you messed up a, an opportunity versus when you, you know, you, you shot a ball or a, a mule deer or whatever it was. Um, you know, I look back at, at my missed opportunities like that bowl I missed in Colorado. I think about that more than the bowls that I, 
shot in Colorado um, because, it, you know, it's an opportunity that you'll never get back. And, and you know, just if you had done a couple things different or one thing different, you would have capitalized on that opportunity. And and those are the things that you look back on and, and you won't, I, you know, I try not to make those same mistakes twice. Um, and, and there's been numerous times where I've been in situations where, I'll think back to that moment. I'll be like, okay, here's what I did wrong there. And and now every obviously every situation is different, but um, you know you can apply your your strategies um, and the things that you learn towards uh, you know whatever new opportunity you're going at. So um, there's definitely uh, definitely a huge component to that, and and um, that is I think what you know you want to to look forward to that next opportunity when you make mistakes you're like okay here's what i did wrong uh, you know i'm not going to make that mistake again or i'm going to try this different next time and um you hear it all the time with the, the the most successful people uh in in whatever industry you know they always talk about how many times they failed before uh, they got their success and and the same thing with hunting i mean and i think that's part of why we all love to come back to it is because you can't perfect it uh, you'll never be uh be able to 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 get every bull or every deer you're always going to make mistakes and it's it's that next opportunity where you want to perfect your your craft and and be a little bit better where you're going to make it happen and um so every time you make that mistake you know you want to make up for it and capitalize but again you're never gonna um be able to go back and, and redo it. So that's why I always kind of look at the ones that I messed up and, and I always think about those more than my successful ones. Cause I think that's what makes me a better hunter and, uh, why I keep improving. That's uh, so spot on. Like, uh, your mental game is so on point. Like you just play at such a high level and you're carrying that over to the other facets of your life but yeah man you're spot on like i love that how you started that uh where you said does uh uh you said does does losing hurt more what what was that saying again brad say it for me i already screwed it up yeah it's uh do you hate to lose more than you love to win and, <laughs> that's uh, so it man that's so yeah, it it's uh yeah. it you know it reminds me of last season like i had uh uh, this high country Colorado hunt above 13,000 feet place I'd hunted before place I love so extreme in nature and um I hunted the same buck for seven days and I was really patient usually I hunt fairly aggressive if I have a chance to make a stock I'm gonna gonna make it but this yeah. buck he was just living in the cliffs and in this spot that was unapproachable so I laid within 150 yards of him for a couple whole days and never made a move but finally it was wow. right i made the perfect stock and i played where this buck was going to get up out of his afternoon bed and feed out and i had the wind right three other bucks with him and then the three other bucks fed out and the big buck waited and i was real patient i didn't give myself away i'm waiting for their heads to look all the right direction i'm making all these right moves and this buck got into range and i still couldn't shoot because any of the bucks would have seen me draw blew up and, and gone out of there now maybe i could have got away with it it's hindsight but finally i get a shot at this buck and i'm twisted up on this rock and i skipped one off the top of his back and missed and um like we we all miss it happens but yeah. it's um 
I pride myself on on being clutch in those moments and making those yeah. shots. And that one hurt bad. But then from there, I was able to go on a good run and arrow a great bull and a couple other mule deer and antelope. And so I was able to have a, a good season. But my point is, is that Colorado, it cut me deep to where now that's my motivation for training this next year. You know, that's yeah. the thing to think about. Like, I almost think of that loss more than I think of my win. Yeah, no, and, and it uh, but sense. but it's part of like human growth and improving. Yeah, totally. It is. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And and I think that's what is part of the competitive nature of 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 the sport is that um, again you you're not always gonna win and and uh, it, it's just like everything in life. But um, that's what drives us to to want to do better. And next year you're gonna go back and and you're gonna you're gonna make that shot count. So that's what. Um, that's why I love it so much is it's just, you know, you're always looking forward to that next opportunity and, and you get a little bit better each time. And that's just, like you said, it's about the growth, um, every day and, or every hunt or every, you know, every season is trying to prove a little bit more. And that's what drives us, which is, you know, why it's such a special, uh, special thing. And it is, it's too bad that, uh, hockey season starts up in the fall. It's gotta be tough for you to find time to, to get out and make those hunts like that. That early season would almost be better for you. What time, when does hockey season really get going? Or you guys probably have a uh, training camp beforehand. It's probably pretty hectic that time of year, huh? Yeah. So that's actually why I got into Colorado. Um, so I started hunting there before, uh, training camp, um, because it, it we typically start the second, uh, if, if it's a late year, um, the third week of September. So training camps typically like the 11th or 12th of September last year was the 17th. Um, but that was just because of, of COVID, uh, situations. Um, so it's typically that second week of, of September. So in Colorado, we, they used to start the, the last week of August. So, you know, you could get, I could go and get a week to 10 days um, there before camp. Now they, they've more recently changed their dates where it opens the 2nd of September. Um, but uh, so we would go out early season. I always, every year I go with my dad and my brother, um, typically a couple cousins. Uh, my teammate, Kevin Miller, he's a partner of mine as well. Uh, so you know, we'll go out and, and try to, we typically have some, some elk and mule deer tags and, and, uh, try to pick up some bear tags as well and, uh, try to have some fun. So that's kind of where it all started. Um, so I, my family also grew up hunting in Newfoundland, hunting moose and caribou and stuff like that. So we typically all always fit in one hunting trip. Uh, it was normally always a moose hunt and now it's always an elk hunt. I've just become so addicted to elk hunting. Um, it's so, so thrilling, it, isn't it? I just, yeah, like I, 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 it's something that I, I think back in like 13 or 14, um, I took my dad and my brother on one in Utah and, and it was, it was a high fence hunt. Um, I didn't know anything about elk hunting at all. I just Googled elk hunting and this ranch came up and, and we went on it and, uh, we had a great time and, and so I was like, all right, you know, we want to, I want to start doing this and learn how to do it yourself on public land and all that. So anyways, we started every year after that, we, we've started targeting a, an elk hunting trip, um, in Colorado and, and, uh, learning the ways of, of the Western hunting and stuff. And, um, you know, my brother has become more addicted to mule deer hunting. He shot a mule deer last year and, and, uh, 
so it, it's just been it's been an incredible journey to to you know to be able to be in that part of the country and uh, be in a completely different environment and it's one thing growing up learning how to whitetail hunt and um, you know hunting out of tree stands stuff like that to go hunting out west and and it, it's just a uh, completely different um, style and and experience but uh, yeah so we always try to uh, do one before the season and then we always try to do a bear hunt in the spring um, and the odd time we'll do a uh, antelope hunt uh, in August if we can fit one in uh, is kind of the way and then we chip away at some deer hunts throughout the fall as well uh, whenever we get a day off so that's kind of how it how I try to fit it in and um, it got to the point there I, I've I've had to kind of calm myself down a little bit but uh <laughs> we uh we had a game in arizona i was four or five years ago and we had three days off uh in arizona and, and typically the way it works on our days off we'll practice but we'll have the odd day where we don't have anything guys and you know typically when we're in arizona some of the guys will golf or hang out whatever it is but i, I jumped on a plane really early in the morning flew to utah um and uh, i went with an outfitter and he had everything set up for me like a, the the gun and the gear and I brought my boots and, and stuff my camo but uh shot a mule deer in the morning I went elk hunting and then um he was kind of spotting the elk for me by the time I got on the mountain uh the elk had all gone to bed he's like hey like we have a we have a mule deer he was a CWMU and he was like we have a mule deer tag if you want to try to find a mule deer so I was like yeah let's go do it so we ended up shooting a nice mule deer in the morning and my flight wasn't until 8 p.m that night and he was like, do you want to try to get back on an elk again? I was like, yeah, let's go. You know, I'm here, so we'll go We'll go look around. And and uh, we got up in glass, and there was this beautiful 7x7. Seven seven, and he was like 500 yards away, and I, I had not ever practiced shooting that far. So I didn't – he was like, hey, the gun can shoot that far. And I was like, no, I, I can't do that. It's not – I don't have that skill set. And then we looked down, and there was this 4x4 bull at like 200 yards, and we had not seen it at all. It was just bedded there. And – so I end up shooting uh, like a, a 180 class deer in the morning and this four by four in the afternoon that I flew back to Arizona that night. And, and uh, um, so it was a pretty, pretty special time. But then I was like, hey, I'm getting a little I got to put hockey ahead of hunting. I can't be doing this. You know, I got to I got to reel it back in. But uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty cool experience. Yeah, good for you. Like sometimes we do just have to fit it in, but yeah, that's all in going for it. Like trying to get everything done in a day like that. But yeah, that's crazy. Congratulations to you and your brother on that mule deer last year. That's really cool. We got to get yeah. you, um, elk are so thrilling. They've got those giant racks in the rut and it's so engaging. It's so fun, but we got to get you in on, um, like some early mule deer hunts in Nevada or, uh, Utah that, that open Nevada, ten, uh, August 10th or August 15th. That would really work good for your schedule. It would. Yeah, no, I've, I've, uh, I've been doing the applying for the points and everything, um, for a while now. And, and I a hundred percent plan on doing all that. It's just, like I said, with the, with the family and everything, um, you know, I got to prioritize. I kind of get one one trip a year, and, and that elk is just completely taken over uh, all of my desires of, of hunting. And and uh, but I have have been um, the 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 mule deer hunts in Utah, Nevada, basically everywhere. Um, I plan on doing so. I'll be all in for that. Um, been trying to research as much as I can. That suffer when the time comes, but uh, yeah, we we. 
um, we had uh, yeah, actually the the mountain goat hunt is my that's my bucket list. Um, uh, that's one I plan on doing the the year I retire. I think that uh, that would be a truly special experience. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Oh man, it is. It's unreal. It's like in the most extreme environment or extreme country. And that's what some of those high country mule deer hunts do too, is it's like the, the most, uh, uh, gnarly extreme landscape that you can go bow hunting. You're not meant to live up there, but you're hunting in these, uh, uh, rock shoots and slides and steep country, uh, uh, alpine basins. And that's what Mm -hmm. a lot of that, that mule deer hunting can be. And then goats are on a whole nother level. Like, um, goats can they can play on um uh slopes that that we can't even get down with ropes those things are so sticky to those cliffs and they're drawn to the the steepest biggest rock faces like that's where they find safety safety from predators uh so you're really hunting them in the steep and it's really challenging so i drew a tag like in 2013 here in montana uh, and the Beartooth Absorkies and um, did like three different trips in there, spent 14 days. Like a lot of it was solo hunting and and finally arrowed one on the end as like as the snow started to fall or whatever. But just this real special experience. And then um, uh, I can finally put back in Montana this year. And then I've got I've got a hunt planned with a buddy up in your neck of the woods, like up in uh, Canada, where you're from, uh, like up in yeah, up in B.C. And yep. it's a early mountain goat hunt that happens August 15th. And I've got a buddy yep. up there that got me a tag from an outfitter. So it's not this season, 22, but it's 23. I'm going to go up there and bow hunt. He'll have a tag. I'll have a tag. It's a bow only unit up there in awesome. the country. Just looks amazing. Like so lush and green and such the, the Alpine environment with the, the huge rock tops and uh, a green Alpine basin. So dude, I'm so stoked. Like those mountain goats are so fun and so challenging to hunt and it sure is like a special experience when we get the chance so yeah dude you have to when you when you retire when you can draw a tag you got to pull the trigger on one of those oh 100 I'll, I'll i'll be picking your brain for sure on that uh, that bc hunt um i started looking at that we almost did one this past summer up there uh with, with with covid when americans couldn't come in to hunt um they had some really good deals on some hunts up in bc and i think that's the only place you can get an over-the-counter tag like through an outfit i know alaska you can draw it i don't like once every three years or something like that um it's probably the easiest place you could draw a mountain goat tag so i was looking at maybe up there but the bc i'll 100 I'll be doing um when the time comes so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing how your hunt goes up there, but yeah, just, I, I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of videos on hunts up there and, uh, met a couple of guys that, that, that guide up there and, um, I've talked to you about it and, and just the, the way that they describe the hunts and, and how much fun it'd be. Um, you know, it, it, it is, it is amazing the, the views up there and I can't imagine being up in some of those situations. I'd be terrified, but, uh, it'd be, it'd be a truly special experience so um yeah good luck with that i know uh it's gonna be an awesome times and and uh i might have to to head up the same place yeah thanks so much yeah we'll keep in touch on it for sure and then i take a bunch of good photos and vid too that i'll that i'll share with you but yeah it looks like awesome country and dude you kill it up there are you kidding like uh you're such an athlete like you climb around in that stuff no problem but it is about making really good decisions and you know part of the fun is like part of the danger you know like we had talked about grizzly bears earlier like uh 
uh, you know, you got to keep your head on a swivel and be prepared for encounters. And then like I do uh, uh, pistol training like this year, I've been charged by a couple black bears and one grizzly bear and the grizzly bear Dude, it was my first day hunting in Montana ever. Like we're talking 25 years ago, hunting yeah. elk and um, took off through the woods with a buddy. And uh, uh, we were hunting and spotted a bear up in a tree about like 30 yards away. And my buddy goes, hey, grab that, that my pistol. It's in my pack. And I could just get the pistol out of his pack and hand it to him. And that bear came straight down the tree at a full charge. And it looked like about a 200 or 250 pound bear. And he shot above that bear and it stopped the charge. And then mom got up and it was a mom grizzly and she kind of backed us all the way up. She never did like come on us or get us, but you know, it was like one of those close encounters, but like all these things, you know, for goats, like being up there, like I know high country mule deer lightning is a real danger and it's just a different beast when you're up there at 10, 11,000 feet and it starts hitting the, the ridge lines up there. And so like all this stuff, um, you know, it just adds the to the degree of difficulty and adds to the challenge of it. And then, you know, your decisions have real weight. Like you have to keep yourself safe in the mountains. And, you know, the first three rules are safety, safety and safety, you know, but yep. it, it's real up there when you see a grizzly bear and you have to deal with it or when you're dealing with that lightning. You know, so much of our life is like nerf nowadays. It's like good to, to get out in nature and make those decisions. And once you can build your wood sense and wood savvy, you know, then you get really confident and comfortable being in grizzly bear territory or being, uh, you know, uh, dealing with harsh weather, harsh environment, like a, just like anything we've talked about. Like the more you do it, the more confidence you get and uh, sure. the, the better you feel out there, you know. But, yeah, man, it's amazing. You're, you're going to love uh, mountain goat hunting and doing some of these extreme hunts, especially being an athlete, man. You climb all over those rocks. Well, I think that that's part of, of why I love it so much is, is, um, you know, like everybody, when, when you talk about these, these trips you go on and stuff, they look at it, you know, you're going to shoot an animal, but it's, it's the whole process of everything you've just described of, of the, the different dangers or excitements that you get to experience throughout these trips and, uh, different things you're going to encounter. Like those are, are situations you can't replicate in day-to-day uh your day-to-day life so you know to, to be able to go and experience those it's truly a, a special thing and um but it, it is like that that's one thing that i'm definitely concerned about or i'm nervous about that i'm gonna have to to learn is all these different situations that i've never been in uh in these high country things like i've I never even thought about being worried about lightning until you just mentioned it um but the different weather types and and uh, things that could go on and and bears being a bear country is a whole different ball game. Um, so you know those are are things that also, like you said, make it exciting and 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 give you that adrenaline rush and that you that you know I'm used to with with my job. Um, so yeah, as as you know, I start to kind of filter out of of hockey and in in and after after life, it's. Uh, something I'm definitely looking forward to, to doing a lot more and, and, uh, trying to, and again, it goes back to trying to, you'll never perfect it, but it's, it's trying to chase that perfection. And, um, you know, so I'm excited about that challenge and it'll be, uh, it'll be exciting for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully the best can get hurt, but time will tell. (laughs) 
No, you won't. You you'll make uh, good decisions, and like you say, you uh, uh, live, eat, sleep, and breathe that environment, that adrenaline-filled environment. And and I think us guys, we need passion in our life. Like that's what makes us feel alive and and keeps us going. And you'd mentioned earlier, like that's you know having something to look forward to. That trip every year where you go to Colorado and you go test yourself mentally and physically and try to get on bowls and these thrilling encounters, adrenaline-filled encounters, like. Man, it's so fun. And so, yeah, I mean, it seems like the perfect transition, like um, not that you're in any way, like not that you're close to finishing your career in hockey, but like as you move and transition out of that, like you'll need a place for your passion. And it sounds like you've already found it in the outdoors and hunting elk. And it sounds like you're already quite a ways down, uh, quite a ways further in your journey of backcountry hunting, like taking on elk. And it, it's so funny. We do these hunts and, you know, sometimes I'll tell myself like it's a, a once in a lifetime, you know, to go hunt elk, to go hunt them in the Rocky Mountains and chase them during the rut. And then you go experience it and you get hooked on it. Like uh, yeah. it's tough in the moment and it's not fun all the time. Like you've got to grind, uh, but but the reward, uh, like it, it's this type two fun that you think about, like you get done with that hunt and I'll think about that hunt for the next year. It'll fuel yes. me down the road. And so like like having yeah. some place for our passion like that, like backcountry hunting, like hockey for you now, transitioning into hunting, I just think it's so important. It lives like it's such a fulfilling life and, and to live true adventure. Like, um, you know, to be, be brave is not like you're not afraid of anything. You're not scared of anything out there. It's being afraid and doing it anyways. Like that's courage, you know, and I'm sure you face that in the hockey road with you with all those monsters out there on the ice. Are you kidding me? But it's the same thing with these hunts. Like I get nervous on these big hunts that I know I'm going to test my metal. I'm going to see what I'm made of. And, you know, I train year round in, in running trails and elevation, shooting my boat, preparing for these moments. But I'm still nervous pulling out of my driveway or saying bye to my family because I know I'm going on a big adventure. But when I get done or when I'm on that adventure, man, do I feel alive like that's the you know, for me, that's the meaning of life. It really is. Oh, no, you're you're 100 percent right. And I think that's. Yeah. I, Everybody who goes on a trip, it's almost like it, it just can't be long enough. You know, you're just like, man, I wish you could drag on another couple of days or shit, you know, at least one more. And, and as soon as you leave, you're like, I wish I was doing it again. And it is what kind of drives, not, I don't know, for myself anyways, is what drives me throughout the year. I'm, you know, I'm the second I'm done that hunt, I'm planning the next one and I'm looking forward to the next one and, and everything I'm doing, you know, you're working on your shooting or whatever you said you're running your your mountain uh trail running and and uh for me you know i'm just i'll shoot my garage like i have a garage and i don't like i'm in the city so i'll shoot my garage at like 10 yards you know so it's little things like that where you're just always planning and, and trying to get better and i think that's one thing with the western hunting and you're seeing a lot more people do it now with the way that um the applicants have risen in the last couple of years out west but it's such a, a big process for people who don't know the Western world to, to, to dive into it. And that's, it's a nerve wracking thing. I mean, it's huge country. And, and when you go to those mountains for the first time, you don't understand how hard it is to climb them and, and how hard it is to carry your pack up them. And, um, carrying meat off the mountain is a whole different ball game. And, um, and it is kind of scary. So, 
you know, just taking that first step to go and do it and, and to take your first adventure. But after you do it, you, like you said, you just, you want to do more. It's just so addicting. Everything about it is, is addicting and, and rewarding. And just, again, even if you're not successful on the hunt, you're successful just by making the trip out there and, and just, you know, taking the strides to, um, you know, to go out there, you are bettering yourself, you know, everything you're, you're learning every time you go out there. And, uh, so it is truly a unique experience with every trip. And it, it, again, it's, it's addicting. It, it, it continues to bring you back. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very rewarding every time you go out there. That's for sure. Yeah. You got the sickness just like us, Brad, like, uh, you're one of us oh, now. It, You've it, gone on these adventures and now it's like, uh, all you're planning for and thinking about, dude, I love it. It's, uh, it's so great to see you so immersed in this world and loving the Western hunting. And isn't it like more engaging? It's so fun. Like not that, you know, and I've sat in a tree stand, I didn't start out that way, but I've gone back to the East coast. I've sat in a tree stand, I've targeted whitetails and it's like, it's all fun. It's like more of a chess game. Like you, it's a real yeah. thinking man's game and it's a different grind it's not the miles or the elevation it's sitting in that damn stand all day long like it's trying to keep your mind engaged and be ready for your moment and so it's got this whole different set of challenges but yeah uh, it sounds like um you're real similar to me is that western hunting has got a hold of you because it's so uh, engaging and active like you get to to move around and go find those animals see what's over the next ridge explore country like you see so many cool things out there and so this western style of hunting the the glassing and spot and stalking and uh traversing country and and rugged mountains like the landscape and stuff it j it does just like get a hold of us like it is um uh, it, it's a real challenging endeavor too. And I think that's, I know that's the reason why I love it. And probably a big part of the reason why you love it too, is like, it's so difficult. Like you think you're going to be a Western hunter and then you get out there with a bow and arrow and you're trying to kill a mature bull elk. And you find out that it's like one of the toughest challenges on planet earth or to yeah. go and do all your research, like, uh, all year long, your map studying, your learning units, you draw a unit, you do scouting trips there you do a hunt there but dude it's not easy to close a deal and to kill a bull elk or to kill a buck deer uh, especially when you got to get within a stone's throw or like in bow range yep. of them and so you start on a few stocks and you just think that you're going to be a bow hunter and then all of a sudden you you find out like man this is really difficult like okay i i'm gonna have to put more emphasis in this i'm gonna have to practice in my garage year round so i'm ready for that moment when i get it but uh I think that that challenge also draws us males into is like uh we we like a good challenge we like something that's difficult and if it was shooting fish in a barrel or going out and um shooting a giant bull every time we were out there i think it would i think it would lose it for us i think it would uh uh i think it would uh, lose some of the satisfaction or some of the the fun like i like that it's really difficult oh 100 and i think that's Again, that that's if you're competitive and and um, which we are, it, it's just you know you're looking always to um, you know to win that next battle or, or or to to keep improving and and when that is what you said that when you think you're going to be a bow hunter, especially when you go in the west, like it is a complete different ball game. I had never heard of thermals before and <laughs> anything like that, so you know we're 
we're uh, walking down the mountains in the morning, we're walking up the mountains in the afternoon, just like stuff that, you know, after you, you spend some time out there, you're, uh, you know, you really learn. But, um, you know, that first time, like, you know, you hear a bugle or, or you do get an encounter where you get close to it, you're starting to see the pieces all come together. And you're like, okay, so if I keep doing that, I'll, I'll you know, keep getting opportunities. And, and uh, you know, I, I uh, my second year in Colorado, uh, my first morning, we weren't even an hour into the hunt. You know, I finally learned how to, I mean, I had scouted all year and, and uh, uh, we, we had gone to the unit the year before where uh, I missed that bowl um, that I spoke about earlier. And there was six of us on that first hunt and we saw the one bull. We were all together, six of us walking up the mountain together, just, you know, not having a clue what we're doing. That was only elk we saw the whole trip. And then this next year, uh, we had learned a lot more. Uh, and first morning there, sure enough, we we stumbled up on a bull and I shot it that first morning. So after that, like, I tend to do a lot of the scouting stuff for my dad and my brother, um, just because I'm way more into it than they are. The next day, I had um, taken my dad to set up in a spot, and then I was going to go back to the truck and take my brother to spot. And as I'm walking back, kind of stumbled into this area, and I remember seeing it on the map when I was when I was scouting, and I was like, oh, I'm going to kind of walk through here and check it out. I think I walked up on, like, four different bulls, and one was, like, at least a 350. He was giant. I had him at 40 yards staring at me broadside, and I – I already tagged out and I didn't have my dad with me or my brother with me over a bow. And I just had to sit there. And I think it was the longest I'd ever seen an elk stand in one spot. It stood there for like five minutes looking at me. I don't know if it didn't know what I was or what, but it just, it was amazing. Um, and then, and then as I walked off, there was like four other bulls laying there that were like six points, which this is like a, a zero to one point draw unit. Like I didn't even know there's this kind of bulls in this unit. And, uh, it was amazing. So after that, like, you know, we, we hammered that, that whole area. And, um, so it was, it was a special, special trip. And, and again, that's the thing, like I didn't have my bow with me. I wasn't really hunting at that point, but I was doing things right. And that was like, okay, like I'm learning, I'm learning how to do it. And, uh, you know, that's just the stuff that you, it keeps you coming back. Cause like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to put this together and it's starting to work. Um, and then you see it, but like you said, then that final, that final, you know, finally closing the distance, it's, uh, it's a lot harder than, than you ever think it'll be. Um, but that's why success rates are like 10%. Um, you know, you see it for a reason. It's, it's hard, but it's so rewarding when you get it. And, and that one time you do it, that's what keeps you coming back. Man, that's so spot on. It's so great that you can do that with your family too. It's like it's such meaningful relationships, like uh, hunting with my dad or um, uh, my, my grandfather, my cousins, or um, and also just good friends. You talk about uh, your buddy. I think you mentioned him, Kevin. You must uh, play with him, right? Yeah, he was. Uh, it played with him for uh, for a while. Uh, he he actually had to retire uh, this year. Um, he had a, a couple of really bad knee injuries. And unfortunately had to retire, but, uh, yeah, so he actually, uh, California boy that, uh, wanted to become a cowboy. So he bought a ranch out in Colorado or uh, sorry, in Utah and, uh, shot a beautiful mural deer on his prop on his property last year, I think it was, or, or out in Utah there. And, um, so yeah, he's, uh, he's now enjoying, uh, the, the, 
Utah wildlife and actually shot a really nice uh, bull elk out there as well. So, um, yeah, anyways, he's out there right now. Good for him. He's enjoying his retirement. He's going for it. But, yeah, it's like you you build such meaningful relationships and not, you know, that I want to compare it to, to military or being in battle, but it's that same, like, you go through trials and tribulations. Like, uh, my hunting buddies, you know, it's, it's all of a sudden if – if I don't hunt or fish with them, like I just lose contact, like going out for drinks, isn't a meaningful relationship. But when you have a buddy that you go on these adventures with that you, uh, you, 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 you sweat with, you bleed with, you know, you, you go through trying storms or you go through, uh, bear encounters or, or just the challenge or the grind of a hunt continually having to keep your mood up and, and to, to push over the next mountain, keep putting forth effort to try to make something come together. Like you just build like such meaningful relationships. And I know, you know, I'm really fortunate that I have my, uh, my family that I get to hunt with and my good friends that I get to hunt with my daughters, like, um, you know, through going on these things, like it's a much bigger deal to go on an adventure with dad where you go trekking across mountains and backpacking than it is, you know, hanging around the house and having dinner. And I enjoy both those times, but doing those big adventures like that, I just think they build like such meaningful relationships. Yeah, they do. And, and, you know, when you, when you go through struggles uh, together, excitement or memories that you're going to build, you know, those are things that you're going to remember forever. Like you said, it's great to have dinner or, come over and spend time at each other's house but those aren't like you're not going to remember that day specifically forever but um you know when we're out in the mountains and i was with my brother when he shot his mule deer this year like that's something we talk about every time we see each other that's so awesome and 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 like the family trip that well the hunt that we want to is myself my brother my father and, and kevin he came with us this year and um we kind of caught the rut a little bit and he was with me when I shot my bull in Colorado this year and it was the craziest day of elk hunting. I mean, we typically don't hit any rut at all when we're in Colorado cause we're always the first couple of days and, um, you know, we're, we're hunting more water hole or spawn stock or whatever. And, but we, we did a ton of research in this area and it, it was, again, it was like the first, hour that we were out hunting and we stumbled on this cow and a calf and um called them right in and sure enough we were bugling back and forth this bull and he came in and i shot him at like 45 yards and as we saw him bed down and another bull came screaming in we called this this thing was massive i mean massive us i don't know it was over 300 that's that's big to us but um and uh he got to like 70 turn around and took off we called another bull in and meanwhile we can see the bull that i had shot bedded down hanging out um i hit him a little far back in the liver and uh so he came in and he took off and we chased him up the mountain and called him back into 40 yards and we were at full draw for i don't know like a minute and a half two minutes and uh, he was behind a tree and kevin tried to shoot him we both had a tag and uh he, he he hit the tree in front of it but it was just and then we went back and I put another arrow in, in my bowl with his bedded and, and, and kind of, um, you know, took care of it, uh, like got the meat off the mountain and everything, but it was just the most amazing experience. Um, and Kevin, that was her first real, uh, like back country, well, back country, but, um, Colorado all kind of anyways. And it's, 
it was the the coolest experience being able to go through that with him um, and his first real experience with that um, shooting an elk and and being there together and 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 again like that just it makes our relationship so much stronger going through that and again the memories that we we build like that's so much better than I mean, we spent years together playing but that's probably our fondest memory together. Um, so it was, it was really special. And, and that, you know, that's the thing I like, there's very few situations where, um, you're going to have memories like that, uh, with people outside of, you know, grinding together up mountains or, or, uh, harvesting an animal together, or even just, you know, even the nights, like where we were cooking in the camper, uh, making, you know, making dinners and going over the stories from the day. Like it's just, it, there's nothing else like it. Dude, there's um, nothing else like it, man. That's so awesome. Yeah, you are clutch. I keep uh, like I hear these stories about you uh, making a good shot on that bowl, and that's not easy to do. Uh, but so cool that you could share it with Kevin, and then you know the pack out and the processing, and and just the entire process. And the cool thing is too is like he got a good chance in there too. Like you guys got in the action. And for me, the funnest part of bow hunting, like I always say, even traveling halfway across the country, around the world for that matter, if I can get a stock, just a a chance to move in to test my 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 skills against this animal or uh against its instincts like that for me is worth the price of admission that's where the adrenaline rush gets in uh uh like uh gets me and i also like i love epic action and if it's like uh archery elk like you guys had being into bulls and hearing bugles and chasing them around and chasing this bull and then you arrowed a bull like it just doesn't get any better and and it is it's like lightning in a bottle because it just doesn't happen all the time and so when you catch it and you're able to ride that wave it's just the absolute best it's like a Hawaii for axis deer or the high country for mule deer, or even the rut for mule deer. And we did this hunt where I had two of my best buddies and then I had a cameraman that was filming me and we hunted a late season in Idaho last year with our bows that was into December. And, and we took the wall tent up there and lived out of the wall tent. So we're cooking good dinners and like, I've never yeah. laughed so hard in all my life, like laying at that tent at night, you know, and the lights go out cracking a joke here or there or, uh, laughing like, uh, it's, it's the more you struggle, the funnier it is, or like the, you know, not that it's bad, not that it's, uh, funny that you're in adverse conditions or you're in bad weather, but it seems like the worse the situation gets, we're all confident in our skills. Like the, the, the dark humor comes out, you know, even if we can't oh. find animals then that, that dark humor starts to come in like, Oh God, we're never going to see a damn animal, you know? And so it's just so much fun, like those experiences and those adventures and man, it's, um, it's what I live for, and it sounds like you do too, man. You're just getting some great adventures under your belt, some great hunting yeah. under your belt, and uh, taking home some elk meat too, just like the best organic, nutrient-rich protein on the planet, man. It has to feel good to have a freezer full of elk meat like that. Oh, yeah, it, it's the best, and, and you know, I'll bring it in and share it with the guys. Um, guys are always asking for more, and um We'll uh, bring it in and have it cooked up for the guys at the rink and stuff like that. So it's nice to share it around. And you touched on it earlier. Um, you know, it's like lightning in a bottle when that hits. And, and it really is like that was the first experience that I've ever had like that. And then um, and I had been been there a few times, um, like I said, all these early season. But I had never experienced that. And I, and I, you know, you see it on TV and on shows and your guys shows and 
everything and it's just like wow i couldn't i can't wait to experience that and when you finally do it's just crazy and you, you know you talk about not realizing how hard it is to bow hunt but you know i we had chased that was our first day first hour of the hunt and we almost shot two bulls and you know i don't think that we had another shot on a bull we could have shot a couple cows we had chased the herd around a few times and um gotten really close but just you know we were within 50 several times but couldn't get an arrow off and um stuff like that so it was you know it, you when you get into those situations you realize how tough it is after you know the whole week goes by and, and you don't have another one um it, it really is something special and and you know you talked about the memories with with your buddies like i i you know that's the best part of it is the memories and the times you laugh about and you joke about and uh, we we always bring a cousin one of my cousins come with us a lot he's in the military so he, he missed our last couple trips but he came the first two times we went to colorado and he just seems to have tough luck when he's hunting the first year's bow broke the second year uh we had like we had six guys with us three guys had tagged out at this point um there's only a few guys a few days left and he, we had to go through this gate um, to, to go up the mountain. He locked his keys uh, inside the truck <laughs> no, uh, with no. the truck running. He, I don't know what he did, try to break in or something, but set the alarm off. So he just sets the <laughs> alarm of the truck off the whole mountain, can't get in. So he has to walk up the mountain. Uh, he had to call his wife to, at this point, we were standing at a house. So we had Wi-Fi. We had to drive a little ways to get to the house or to get to the hunting spot, had to walk like all the way up to the top of the hill, texts or, or message his wife to, to email us so that we could co up and, and help him out. And and so we get there, Chuck had, um, you know, it was still, alarm was still like going off. It was, <laughs> it was mayhem, but uh, you know, there's things that you, you just, you laugh about forever. Um, so situations like that where you just, you can't make it up and it's just, you know, good memories with, uh, with your close ones. So it's uh, it's always you never know and that's the best part is you never know what's going to come out of these trips but you know that something memorable is going to come out of every single one of them and uh whether it, you know it's a good situation that arises or a bad one that you're going to laugh about in the future and you know you're really upset about it at the time but it's always something that you're going to look back on and and uh like you said you you're going to remember and and talk about vices you know versus um you know just going to a dinner or 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 whatever it is so um yeah no it's it's special dude that's a you can't write that that's like the the funny that's like the best humor out there that's better than any joke you can tell any joke you can hear to actually have to live through that the you know the first season like the the bow breaking but then the the locking out of the car and the alarm still going like dude i would oh. just be in stitches and i would be laughing so hard dude, he missed a giant mule deer at like 20 yards he had a, he had a single pin sight and um he was practicing at like 50 the day before and he forgot to dial it back when when this deer came out at like 20 yards and it was it was a big mule deer um and he flung this arrow way over his back and and had no idea what happened and sure enough we get back to the house and we put it all together but so just add insult to injury for his trip like that's the thing just it's he's a guy that something would happen to every time so just we couldn't help but laugh at him like he just it's just can't put it all together but uh yeah no it was it was fun 
Well, and, and sometimes you have to be the butt of the joke, too. Like, I'm sure yeah. he was laughing at himself. And uh, another turn, that'll be one of us, you know, that makes oh, yeah. a stupid all, mistake. We all have like our moment. We all have our moment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, well, you know, it's it's like um, it's, you know, just to to wrap up the conversation, you were talking about elk and how difficult it is. Uh, a lot of uh, of bow hunting, too, is being clutch in those opportunities, like um, really making the right moves in the right moments to make it come together. And, and then it feels like it's meant to be. And I would just imagine like it's similar to to hockey, like on a fast breaker, when you do get the puck or you do get a shot on goal, it's being clutch in those situations to drive it home. And the same mm-hmm. thing, like making a play on a bowl, making those right moves to keep your win right, to not make noise, to keep the element of surprise, to wait and be patient, wait for that broadside shot. Uh, so you're not trying to force the arrow in a bad angle. As you know, elk are just the toughest animal on planet earth like waiting for that right angle and then having it come together but so much of bow hunting is like magic in those moments it's being clutch with those opportunities and if uh, you can master that or become good at being clutch in these high pressure moments uh, then you're definitely going to be successful in the woods and successful you know in life in general i'm sure on the ice as well right yeah no 100 you know i think the way that i've i've grown into and i think you you kind of grow into you know pressure situations the more you go through them uh the more you understand how to how to prepare for them and and uh you know i I think what it's come to for me is like i want to be the guy to perform in situations and like when a situation arises i'm like okay i take the accountability um to perform in that situation and again it doesn't always work out perfect and and sometimes you make a mistake but i think the more you do it and you believe in in your abilities and your confidence and and i feel like that is what i've learned is that's what separates the one percent of the one percent is your confidence and and your your ability to know that you can achieve uh whatever you're set out to do and and perfect example is is um you know, for me, I'm going to speak on on my career and, and what I've gone through is my father, I'll give all the credit in the world that had always pushed confidence on me and, and, and told me how, you know, how how good I can be and, and what I can do if I just believe. And he it got to the point where he would always tell me, like, you can be the best player in the NHL. You can be the best player in the NHL. And, and he would say it so much. And I didn't believe him because I wasn't one of the top players or anything like that. I was just a player trying to make it. I actually got mad at him, like really upset with him one day. I was like, dad, you got to stop saying that. Like, I, I'm, I'm not one of the best players. I will not be one of the best players. And, um, it got to the point where, uh, I had a little bit of success and, and I, and I'm making this team, uh, as team Canada team. Um, and I ended up and I, and I, Potentially, like I, the reason I, I I personally think I made it is I was playing with a really good player who had had been on all these Canadian teams and Team Canada is always the best hockey team uh, for the most part, one of the top two, and um, you know the the best players in the world typically come from Canada, so they have a really uh, there's there's a lot of competition in, in hockey um, for players and especially in my position. So I ended up making this team where I believe it was because I, I played alongside another really top player. 
and uh, I ended up being the top scorer in that tournament in the whole thing of all of the top players. And up until this point, I never, I always looked at there being tiers of players in the league. And um, I looked at myself as a mid-tier player. And then after that, I looked at myself as a top-tier player and that I could play with. And I remember sitting in the room one day and looking around and, and there was all these guys that I looked up to. And, and I, um, you know, I, I, I was enamored by everybody. I was like, wow, these are the best players in the NHL. And I'm sitting here with them. And, and I was a little nervous. Uh, but then after that, I, I, it was just a confidence thing. Is, is Before that tournament, I did not believe I was on their level. And then after that tournament, I believed I was. And my game propelled tremendously after that point to, you know, being along par with those guys. So I guess what I what I kind of am getting to is that it is what I now believe it is um, the difference in success in so many aspects of, of life, hunting, uh, sports, whatever it is, uh, construction, um, is the confidence to uh, perform at the highest ability, at the highest time, highest pressure situations. And it's knowing that you're going to perform and get it done when the time arises. And I now believe that with my job because now I've been through it and, and, and I've, I mean, it's a process too. Like again, in hunting, it's something you work towards and you, you work to perfect. And like, I, you know, I've gone through, I do a ton of uh, like sports psychology training and stuff like that, which I, I feel is tremendous. Like the power of the mind is, is so incredible. Um, but yeah, it's just, the confidence aspect of it is that when you get into a situation, you're going to perform, you're going to get it done. And, and that is now, you know, how I, I view hunting situations as well is where, you know, guys talk about buck fever, buck fever because we're out east. But when you get in those situations, like you just shake and your heart rate goes through the roof. And now it's just like, okay, like you, I, I just feel so much calmer now in those situations where I don't get so worked up until after the fact, after the fact I'm you know, I'm ecstatic just like everybody else, but I can control it. And, and again, I'm not perfect and I make mistakes, but feel like I am, I'm way better now than I used to be because I'm just calm and confident that I'm going to get it done. And that's where I just feel like guys success, um, success and in, in hunting can, it's changed. It's just being confident in those situations that you know you're gonna do. Like that shot arise, it doesn't matter if it's 20 or if it's 80 yards. Like it's happening. I'm gonna make it happen. Um, so that that's kind of where I have gone to. I know kind of long long winded answer, but um, I think that's kind of where it's all kind of come together for me um, comparing the two. No, oh, it's amazing, Brad. That's um, it's so powerful to hear that to hear somebody at the top of their game and and hear, uh, you know how you built your confidence or how it came. Like um, and, and confidence comes from putting in the work, you know, too. It's like yeah. from proving it. Like you can't fool yourself. You can't fool yourself that you're one of the best players until you prove you actually are. But it's funny, even one of the best players like has. 
uh, imposter syndrome sitting around with NHL guys feeling like he doesn't belong at first until you can put in the work and prove to yourself that you do belong. And I love what you said, that you know that you're going to be clutching those moments. Like confidence is king. It's like having confidence in your weapon and in your abilities. And and you don't go into those situations thinking, I hope I don't screw up. You go into those situations wanting that puck. You go into those situations wanting that tough shot because I know I can make it. I know I can put a perfect arrow in that animal. And so it's really building towards that, building your confidence along the way, getting successes along the way, putting in the work. Like I think, um, you know, the reason I'm good at bow hunting is I, I put a lot of time and effort into it. Like I shoot my bow every single day. Like I, you know, I, I, I do all these things to build my confidence so that when I get on one of these hunts and I'm tested mentally and physically, I know I can deliver. I know I can put that perfect arrow in there. And so, dude, just like what you're talking about, it's so powerful. And I can tell like uh, your mental coaching, like your mental game is on point and so sharp. And you're carrying that into each of your facets of life, like carrying that from your hockey career into to your bow hunting career and into other things you do. And I'm sure you carry it into your family as well. Like how you do one thing in life is how you do everything. It doesn't do me any good to be a great bow hunter and have a failed marriage or not be a good dad to my yeah. kids or to not run a construction company correctly and do what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's like all this stuff carries over and plays a role, but I just think exactly what you said. Confidence is king, building that confidence, wanting those high pressure moments, wanting that tough shot because you know you can make it and then being immersed in that moment and uh, don't get lost in the fog of adrenaline, man. It's so perfect. Brad, like, um, you're the man. I've used up a bunch of your time, but I've really enjoyed our conversations. Like, uh, where can guys go check you out? Uh, you have social media. Are you active on there? And then you're also doing a hunting show too, right? Uh, yes. So we, um, so yeah, Kevin, I, I, I do have social media. Um, I, uh, I, I don't even know what my handle is. At, we'll at find Marsh. it. Yeah. We'll, we'll search your name. Marsh 63. Um, but yeah, we, uh, so my Kevin Miller, myself, we, uh, it's more of, um, like an outdoor activity show. Uh, we're, we, we have every intention of doing a a hunting show in retirement, but, uh, it's a lot harder. We, we were kind of shooting for it while we were playing, but it's, it's a lot harder than, uh, what we had anticipated. Uh, but we, yeah, we do have a show. It's on, um, on, uh, a Boston network, uh, Nesson. It's called meat marching mill. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we, we're just trying to get in and, and uh, have as much fun in, in the outdoor uh, industry as we can. Um, we love it. And, and uh, you know, we talked about it's more of a, a planning for retirement thing. Whenever that happens, hopefully it's not for a long time. But uh, it's just we know that that's where we want to spend our time uh, is uh, outdoors. And, and uh, you know, that's where we can have our releases. So that's uh that's just kind of what we're doing and, uh, um, having fun with it. So, Dude, but no, so I, I've cool. had, I've had an incredible time, uh, talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been, uh, it's been a blast, uh, huge fan of you guys and, and everything that you do. Um, so it's been an honor, uh, being on here and talking with you today.
Man, um, yeah, it's so fun. Um, I sure see why you're at the top of your game. Like you gained a a bunch of new fans today. Like uh, the 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 hunting is such a a brotherhood, and um, it's nice to cheer for one of our own out there. So, man, um, go win those games and go win that cup, and uh, we'll keep in touch. I'm gonna I'll shoot you over some pictures from Ennis. So, uh, it sounds like you guys might hunt yeah. Montana this year, and uh, yeah, let me know if you need anything from me, man. It's um been my pleasure. Sounds great. Uh, you as well. Really looking forward to, to following you guys and, and seeing your hunt, especially that mountain hunt uh, next year. So all the best and I uh, wish you nothing but uh, good luck. Cool. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, bud. Thank you. All right, guys. That's a wrap. Uh, fun conversation with Brad. Man, that uh, that guy, uh, just an absolute mental giant. I just love like that conversation, like to be at the top of your game, to be to make it on the professional level of hockey and then to to be one of the top players there. Um, you, you have to have your, your mental game in check. And he talks about uh, going to a mental coach and, you know, it it just proves like how much is this is mental. Gosh, I heard this. Um, it's great stat or quote or what was I what was I reading? God, I read this. Really, I'm always reading this motivational stuff, and I love like motivational documentaries. Like uh, uh, the the 14 Peaks was great. Like there's a bunch of great ones out there. Like I love climbing and um, mountaineering stuff. You know that gets me going because it is in the elements, and they are risking it all. And I see this correlation between hunting. But anyway, I read this this um, what was it? It's like a talent talent i'm gonna screw it up like i screw up every quote on the podcast but it's talent um uh um and effort and and talent counts for you know 33 percent and effort counts for 66 or i can't remember exactly what it is like i read this great stuff and then i kind of recall it on the podcast and i screw it all up but basically you know you have the talent that you're given and then it's all about effort to get the most out of your talent and um Brad Marchand is definitely getting the most out of his talent. Uh, the mental side is such a, a huge portion of, of life, such a, a huge portion of, of backcountry hunting and what we love to do in Western hunting. And um, I just lean on my mind so much and build these calluses and try to get you know, stronger mentally. And, and, um, it's this, this constant state of improvement I'm in and it just affects every facet of my life. So anyway, it was a great conversation with Brad. The guy's a, a beast and, um, I, I really enjoyed that one and hope you guys enjoyed it too. Uh, make sure to check out everything we're doing over at Eastman's. Uh, thanks so much you guys for the support of our sponsors. Um, you know, these, these guys, uh, spend money to advertise with us and, uh, they're all companies that I personally use for my gear for all my hunts. So, um, you know, I test all this gear before, uh, we'll even accept a sponsor on the podcast. And I just really believe in these companies and I really appreciate your guys' support on the podcast. And I know when I have a good company on, when I have cutter, when I have vector arrows, I see the traffic that they get Cryptech, And so, um, it just brings such weight to the podcast, which is awesome. Um, so I really appreciate you guys, but thanks again to Cryptech for their support. Thanks again to vector arrows for their support. 
and Matthews Bows for building me great bows. So um, thanks to those guys and thanks to you guys. Uh, thanks so much for the shares and social media continuing to grow this podcast, which is just awesome. Like I'm just a small entrepreneur that started this in my basement and um, it's really caught in fire and, and grown into something which I'm so proud of and uh, so proud of our community and how you guys are improving your life and your hunting and um, your families and like um, it just means the world to me that that you guys could get motivation from this podcast from my life from from my hunting and then be able to apply it in your own lives and get a better quality um, man we get one chance this life like I um so I lost my my grandfather he passed um, last last uh, Monday and um, it was getting to be time. Like, he lived a, a great life. Um, he was 91, and, you know, us guys don't age too good once we, we get up there. And um, But it, it just happened so sudden. It's like one day you can call him and talk to him. And, I, you know, I'm fortunate that I spent a, a bunch of quality time with my grandpa. He was a great man, great family man, a great hunter, you know, lived in the Pacific Northwest, veteran. And, um, you know, I just want to to celebrate his life, but so happy that I got chances to sit down and, and, um, really talk in depth with him and such a great mentor to me and such a, a, a kind man, but also, you know, he would hold me accountable. I remember him, um, chewing my butt that my first personal house I did at all evenings and weekends and just struggling to pay bills and get this this house built this better life for my family and on an absolute shoestring budget I built the whole house with the property and everything for 150 grand like uh you know it's just like um all the money I could get and so I did all the work myself and I was just exhausted in the end man I I finally moved my family in and um we got in that house and um, I, I kind of Hollywooded the siding and so I had this north side of siding that I that I didn't get done that was Tyvek that we moved in the house is done on the inside or mostly done as, as much as the house can be and I had this north side of siding and I was so sick of working on that place that it sat out there Tyvek and I remember my grandpa came to visit and um, pulled me aside and he said you know he uh, he he chewed my butt for having this opportunity to build this house and to have Tyvek up on your house and told me to get that siding finished up and like just calling me out um, and and making me, um, you know, he didn't make me, but, you know, it made me get motivated and get out and finish that siding or whatever. But just um, a great human being, a great man. And um, I'm going to be traveling back, get out this podcast and traveling back for his funeral to kind of just to celebrate his life, such an outdoorsman. And then just to show support to my grandma as well as um, she's still alive. And they've been married for like 67 years or something like that. Just, just um, crazy man. But uh, we get, you know, we get one chance at life. And if anything, it just reminds me to get the most out of this life, get the most enjoyment out of my family, like uh, really being um, engaged when I spend time with them. And I'm so busy right now. I'm doing another personal house and I've got a bunch of projects going for Barney Construction, a bunch in the, the outdoor industry and the podcast and all these things. And I thought I was busy before and then I throw a personal house in the mix, but this is really going to test my, my dedication and my resolve and my discipline uh, to put in this much work and, and to really wake up early and get my paperwork done, making sure I'm getting my emails and my texts. And then also, you know, my hunting is so important to me. So it's getting this house framed up and then, you know, being able to leave and go on these trips that mean so much to me. And also, 
being engaged with my family, like just being happy and laughing and making jokes at night. And um, so I'm just really trying to get the most out of this life, as I know you guys are, too. But we get one chance at this. And, you know, I've got a birthday coming up, um, you know, 42 and um, the years click off pretty quick. And I just want to continue to enjoy and soak up as much of this life as I can. And um, anyways, uh, that's the podcast, guys. I don't want to ramble on and do a solo podcast, but uh, just wanted to mention a couple personal things that that uh, I'm doing. What a great conversation with Brad, and thanks again for all your guys' support. I really appreciate you and uh, pulling for your success this season, pulling for you guys getting great adventures. So um, with that, check in with you guys next week.